basically this is like a free PBL. Ask me questions. I'll show you some questions um, on my screen. I'll give you some time to go through them. We'll talk about section one. We'll talk about GAMSA in general. It's really good if you ask questions and help answer the questions. Um, okay, people do want this recorded, amazing. So if you ask questions, no matter how silly, dumb, whatever you think they might be, uh, ask them, chat with me, put it in the chat or like unmute. It's really, like I said, super duper informal um, and we'll go from there. So I guess as a general like temperature check, how are people feeling with section one, given that like we're almost like a month out from everything? A little nervous. Okay. Is everyone else feeling nervous? People think they've got to unlock nervous. Okay. I'm still yet to even really like ever get anyone that says that they've just like, oh, section one's so easy. I love it so much. So maybe it's just like a common thing for everyone to really struggle with section one, even if it's like you're really good at literature or you're really bad at literature, regardless. Section one seems to tackle a lot of people. That being said, practice makes perfect. And it's one of, practice makes progress rather. It's one of those things where GAMSAT is going to teach you how to, well, you have to learn how to do GAMSAT study in a particular way. GAMSAT isn't real life. So you have to learn how to do GAMSAT to pass GAMSAT. How are people, how have people been studying for section one as is? What is their people's current study techniques? Practice questions, okay. So, so far only one person seems to be studying because no one's told me their study technique. Rounding, reading up on poets and their techniques and themes, okay. Anyone else? Any of the study techniques, study processes, the more you share, the more you can see what other people are doing. Identifying what you got from an incorrect question. Good reflection, questions and reading a broad range of texts, practice questions, cool, great. And so how are people feeling with their study they've been going with so far? Like it's working, it's not working. There's a hurdle we need to figure out. Sometimes it's working, okay. If there are any particular hurdles or issues that you're noticing fluctuating, okay. You're noticing with your study, this would be a really good time to put it in the chat, message me directly or message everyone. And I can work through that with you in a group or in a, you know, in the session here. Struggling with the tone type questions. Okay. Those tone type questions are a bit weird sometimes, but I think the best way to think about it is often like the vibe and not necessarily the vibe that you want to get, but more the vibe you think the author is trying to give. And those are two very different things. And I think that's one of the biggest issues people get with um, section one is there's a very big difference between what the author is trying to do and what you are receiving. What you are receiving has to do with your personal perspective, has to do with the way you've grown up, the life you've lived, the perspectives you hold. That's how you tend to like read things. For instance, for uh, like Little Red Riding Hood, some people have a very strong feminist reading of Little Red Riding Hood. I personally don't. I don't see it anything more than just a fairy tale. But that's because of the way I've gone, like grown up, uh, the way I've worked with literature, the way I haven't really looked at feminist stuff like that in that particular lens, like looking through fairy tales. Doesn't mean that that's wrong. Now, some people, the author that's trying to put through this particular reading of Little Red Riding Hood, they could very well be trying to do that, but I didn't pick that up. 
there are going to be tips and not tips. Uh, there's going to be tools that they use, which are literary tools that get a point across. Whether or not they do that well is their own business. Whether or not you pick that up is also your own business. Section one is making sure that you can read what the author is trying to do. That's the long story for Tone. Okay, how to balance GAMSAT with uni, especially if you're doing GAMSAT next year. Okay, cool. Yes, that's hard. That's, <laughs> that's a whole conversation in itself, but if we have time, we can go through that as well. Okay, I think this is probably a good time to start getting into the questions um, that I have set for you guys. If you have any like questions you want me to answer, whether that be about GAMSAT, med school, uh, section one, section two as well, because I also do that, put them in the chat. I'll try and get to them as well. Um, and we can have a bit of a chat as well as do the questions. Does that sound good? Questions and questions overall, personal questions and questions, questions for section one. I'll take whys in the chat. I'll take thumbs ups in the chat. I'll take reactions just so I know you're there. I'm not talking to a wall. Cool, thank you. Wonderful. Let me share my screen. Actually, before we do that, let us take a brief look at the world of section one in terms of ACER, in terms of timing, because we're going to have some questions today. We have to figure out like what the timing is expected of for these particular things, right? Uh, share. Great. Let's put this. We want this one here. So can everyone see that? Everyone can see my screen? Thumbs up. Wise in the chat. Nose in the chat. Cool, since it makes me great. So here's the timing we're looking at. Section one, 62 questions. I kind of pretend that this reading time doesn't really matter because you don't get like a time in a typical test where they don't let you write anything. They would just say, start writing. You can use that eight minutes if you wish. I don't know how you wanna organize yourself, but really focus on this total test time here. Unlike section three, which has a bit more of an easier breakdown of the questions you can do, sort of timing wise, section one, because of the sheer amount of texts, uh, like potentially like long text, if it happens to be a, you know, technical text heavy exam, you don't spend, you know, the one point whatever minutes that you would on a normal multiple choice type question, because you've also got to consider reading time. How long does it take you to read a particular text? Is the actual like prompt for three questions or one question? Is the actual prompt one line or a whole paragraph? A lot of the like the first 10 questions that we're going to do today are going to be pretty much one-liners. So I'm going to try and keep you to time for these. I'll be a little bit nice and give you two minutes. It's meant to be 1.6. I did some maths earlier, but I'll give you two minutes for each of those. I'll show all the question on the screen. Then we will go, ooh, maybe I could do like a poll. That might be cool. Uh, I'll try and make a poll quickly, but we'll do the question on the screen, poll to see the right answer, like what people think is the right answer, and then we'll have a chat about it. Um, one key thing I would like you to do when going through this, I thought like this is the best way to study for section one, is making sure that you always have evidence in your text for why you think something exists or why you think something is the right answer. Generally speaking, if there's no evidence for it, it's not correct. This is because I found this to be quite useful in the sense that it makes me not think about my own personal opinions and how I read something. It makes me, it really forces me to go, if it's not on that piece of paper, if it's not on that computer screen, I cannot make it up to make it fit the answer. It needs to be in there. So try not to like shoehorn things to make them fit. Usually it'll be in the text in some way, shape or form. 
So that's just a bit of heads up in terms of like admin. Are we all good on that? That all makes sense. Questions, comments, concerns. All good, wonderful. Okay, so let's start off with question one. I'm going to share my screen now so you can see. Can everyone see this? Great. Okay. You have your two minutes starting now. Cool, so that's time up. Let me see if this will now work. I'm trying to try and do a quick poll. Can people see that? Sorry, now, can people see the little poll? Yes, you should be able to see it. Gives you the answer, the potential options to see what people believe. I'll give a couple of seconds for people to fill in that and not add some people to the waiting, from the waiting room. Cool. Hello to the new people. We're doing questions. We're going through them. We're chatting. If you have any questions, put them in the chat for me. I will try and get to them all. But right now we're attacking this number one question, whether or not we think it's A, B, C, and or D. Well, not and or, or D. Cool. Seeing that the most people, okay, we're still moving around. Some people, most people think it's B at 60%. So I'm gonna end the poll now. But most people think it's D, uh, sorry, B at 58%. So 15 people thought it was B. 10 people, 38% thought it was A, one only. Um, C, 4% of people thought it was C, and nobody thought it was D. 
So let's take a look at what's in front of us. How do people feel about this? Does this make sense? Was it easy? Was it like, wow, that was a bit of a waste of my time? Was it kind of hard? Was it a bit weird? What are people's thoughts? This is really important for the reflection process. Challenging, okay. So let's go through this. All the singers are Italian. All Italians can make gnocchi. Some Italians can paint portrait. If the statements above are all facts, which of the following statements is also a fact? So already we can see that D makes no sense. I can just get access to my little, there we go. So we can cross out D as it stands. Makes no, ah, geez. As, as we can see here, it makes literally no sense for D to be on here because we have just said that these are literally facts. So I'm gonna strike that through. Great, love to see that. Now, we have one ABC, at least now we have a one in three chance of picking the right answer, which is great. Moving on, one only, one in three, one, two, and three. One, two, and three was picked by the least number of people, so we'll work our way backwards. One, two, and three. All singers can make good gnocchi. All people who make gnocchi are singers, and some of the singers can paint portraits. With number three, which will actually help us knock out B and C, that's probably the best thing to do here. When it comes to these one, one, two, and three, try and find one of the aspects that is going to knock out as many as possible in one go. Rather than sort of um, assuming, oh, I'm gonna knock out two, you know, figure out if two is wrong, you still have A and B to pick between. If I knock out three, then A is the only possible answer and I've done a little bit less work. So trying to work smarter, not necessarily harder, when it comes to these questions is also a good way to go. You can also use the whole sense of, you can either like find the right answer first, or you can do the, what is every, why is every other one wrong? Then let me pick the right one from there. So there's two ways to go about it. We're gonna go the everything wrong first, that's the best way for like studying. So you can prove to yourself why everything else is wrong. Really making sure why you know the, um, the actual right answer is the right answer. But you know, you can go both ways. Okay, one, two, and three. Three being the one we're gonna focus on because we can knock out more with that. Some of the singers can paint portraits. Cool. So we know that all of the singers are Italian. All of the Italians can make gnocchi. Some Italians can paint portraits. Okay, some of the singers can paint portraits. Doesn't really make sense in terms of being a fact because all of the singers might be Italian, but not all Italians are singers. That's the key thing here. Some Italians can paint portraits. That means very possibly that all the Italians that can paint portraits might also just not happen to be singers. It could be a mutually exclusive Venn diagram, circle of singers, circle of Italians that can paint portraits. What we're looking for in a question like this, if you're trying to make number three um, make sense, if it was like actually gonna be a fact, it would need to tell me something along the lines of, not only are all the singers Italian, but that all Italians are singers, right? In the same way that number two is saying all Italians can make gnocchi, I would need to know um, the flip side as well. Gnocchi is only made by Italians, something like that, to make it re a reversible fact. 
in the instance in which some of the singers can paint portraits, I know that the people that can paint portraits um, are, can also be Italian, I guess, in that case, if this was gonna be a fact, but based on the information I have here, that doesn't really make sense. I'm actually working backwards using this as proof of this when I should be using this top bit. Can you just, can you see my cursor at all? I worry sometimes you can't see my cursor. Yes, you can, wonderful. That this top bit here is my facts. These are the ones I'm trying to prove. So I should not be using number three to help me prove the top bit. It should be the other way around. Does this make sense as to why both B and C are now wrong because I've knocked out number three? If it doesn't, we can go through it again because it's really important you understand this reasoning type of thing because I can assure you the rest of the questions are very heavy on this kind of concept. So if you get it now, it'll be easy for the rest of the time. Make sense? Does everyone else make sense? I can't see thumbs up anymore because I'm on the questions. Okay, so someone's not quite sure why three is wrong. Can I explain it again? No worries. Cool. Okay, so we established that D makes no sense because it literally just told us that the following statements are facts. Great, love that. Now, we're picking number three because number three knocks out two birds with one stone, less work for me. Number three, some of the, some of the singers can paint portraits. Okay, looking at our three facts that we have, all of the singers are Italian, all of the Italian, all Italians can make gnocchi, and some Italians can paint portraits. The key issue here that makes number three incorrect is that although all of the singers are Italian, the some Italians that can paint portraits could very well not be singers because there is no statement that tells me all Italians are singers, right? Let's use an example. If there was a traveling troupe traveling across Australia singing songs, they could all be Italian. It does not mean that if I don't know anything about Italy, I'm gonna think, oh my gosh, all Italians that I've ever met, because I saw this one little troupe, all, this, all the Italians in Italy are also singers. That makes no sense. That's like a real life, real life application of this situation here. Just because all the singers are Italian doesn't mean that all, um, all the Italians are singers. Key thing to put, that's half of the question. Now, this leads to the second part of this question here about some Italians can paint a portrait. That means we cannot connect this first fact to the second fact. Just because the singers are all Italian, the some Italians that are being referenced here, might, none of them could be, might be singers at all. So we cannot assume that this one down here is a fact. We don't know that. Those are two separate entities that are not connected by the facts that are up here. We know that some Italians can paint portraits. We don't know if they sing, we have no clue. That's not a fact for us. But we know that all the singers in this context are Italians. There's no connection between the Italianness and their portraitness and their singingness. Is that making a bit more sense? Simply, it's just the fact that of the some Italians that we've got that can paint portraits, they might not be a singer or they might not be singers. Because it isn't explicitly stated you can't make inferences or assumptions. Exactly. In this case, you cannot make any assumptions. Like it's very much asking you that these are three facts. Use these three facts to make another fact. Because all the singers are Italian and all Italians can make gnocchi, that makes sense. Because if all Italians can make gnocchi and the singers, oh, why can I ask us these questions? So these questions are just gonna be shared with me, uh, with me from, oh my God. These questions are gonna be shared by me to you on the screen. They're not like questions people have done before. I'll give you about two minutes each time to go through them on your own and then we'll have a chat about them. Hopefully that makes sense. 
All right, cool. So yeah, the first one makes sense because all singers are Italian, all Italians can make gnocchi. This is a very like inclusive statement. Some of the singers might be able to paint portraits because nothing to say that any of them can paint portraits because we can't say that it's three. Um, yes, yes. Okay, so someone that sent me a direct message asking about whether or not the, like, the painters, the singers might be able to paint portraits. They very well could, but we just can't say if it's a fact. Yeah, exactly. That's, the, that's exactly right. Cool. This was a lot of time spent on this, but it's important because I can tell you a lot of the questions for the rest of this piece are about this sort of reasoning. Ah, it's a logical reasoning piece of work, so that's fine. Cool. Sorry about that. That was a lot of work. They're quite confusing, so try to take a breath and really focus on it and see what's on face level, and you should be fine. We're going to move on to number two. Maybe I'll do number two and three. No, we'll keep it simple. Let me not over overextend my capabilities at this point. Cool. Moving on to number two. I'll give you another two minutes for number two, and then we'll see how we go. I'll put the poll up as well. Two minutes starts now. Cool. I've tried something to be fancy here and I don't know if this is gonna work. I've just put all the questions at once in the poll. So hopefully we'll keep on like relaunching it and that can work. So only answer the question for question two. We'll do the same thing for question three and so on and so forth. Does that sound good? Do people understand that? Why and in the chat, <laughs> the quicker you can send me a yes, the, the better I know you guys and know what's going on. Great, wonderful. Um, now with question three, how did we go? Did this work out for us? Did it make a bit more sense? Was it a bit easier now knowing about structure of logical reasoning? Keep in mind, this, is only, this isn't the only type of question you're gonna get in the GAM set. Like this is obviously one question type. 
there are many question types, like with the tone question we spoke about earlier, there is also going to be your, um, oh my God, the inductive reasoning, there's going to be emotional understanding, creative, uh, um, oh my God, creative implicit meaning, so many different things. Using all your like LMS stuff will really, really help you with that. Okay, we went well with number two, it was easy. Oh, cool. That's a good way to go about it. Sometimes Venn diagrams can really like visual understanding of how this works. Is the, it might be really easy to go about that. I really like that idea. I'm a very visual learner as well. Better. Okay. So let's launch it. Remember, only answer for question two. We're going to relaunch for question three and so on and so forth. So only answer for question two. Can people see the poll at all? We can't submit. Why can't you submit? Only submit. Oh, okay. Okay. Everyone submit for question two and then just submit A for question. Actually, you know what? I'm going to end this and try this again. I'm so sorry. I tried to be fancy pantsy with my tech skills and it was miserable. Give me two seconds. Actually, if you could just put your thing in the chat and then we'll retry for question three. What was the answer people thought it was? You can send it to me privately or you can send it to me. Okay. A, C, D, C, 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 B. C, C. Okay, I'm getting like an overwhelming C. Some P, some Bs, some As, some Ds. Okay, let's break this one down. Someone's cool. So, all banquets involve canapes. Some banquets involve champagne. Other banquets involve rich desserts. A few banquets involve lobster. So let's start off, I think D was the one that I, I think had the fewest. Looking at D, some banquets involve soup, lobster, can champagne, canapes, and rich desserts. Okay, the thing here is the language that we need to be aware of in terms of the fact that, let's, let me highlight this here, the word other. Particularly after a sentence that says some banquets involve champagne, other banquets involve rich desserts, other is telling you on the flip side. It's kind of an implicit understanding of if some of them involve champagne, the ones that don't, the other banquets involve rich desserts. So you really should not be seeing a positive, like saying that, they, that banquets including this should um, would have champagne and rich desserts together. Right? That, that doesn't really make sense based on the facts that we have here. Some banquets involve champagne, other banquets involve rich desserts. So that kind of knocks out D. Well, it doesn't kind of, it actually just fully knocks out D. So let's um, strike through, highlight that one. D is not on our list. A, okay. So um, some banquets involve neither champagne nor rich desserts. Same reasoning here. Some involve champagne, the other ones involve rich desserts. So they're gonna really be one or the other in that sense. So it's not gonna be neither, doesn't really make sense. Some of them involve champagne, other banquets involve rich desserts. Not really saying that some involve champagne, some involve rich desserts, some involve none, the other on the flip side. Oh, sorry, which of the following cannot be true? Yes, sorry, I was I actually misread the question. 
when it's important, when you are, this is important now, because even as a tutor, sometimes you just go too fast and don't read the question. Read the question, which of the following cannot be true is what the question is asking. So let's go back to the beginning before I, so I can re-reason all the, all, all the way through this. It is late and I'm tired. So please forgive me on that one. If you are someone that does that, I am someone that does that. I usually then really like read my question if I can highlight or even on my piece of paper, write like not, not true, following be true because you will be tired with section one and the whole GAMSA thing in general. So that's one of those ways to try and deal with the silly mistakes. I make a lot of silly mistakes in those sort of tests. Okay, cool. Which of the following can't be true? Okay. Um, my brain is just broken down. Great, let's start from the beginning. Some banquets involve neither champagne nor rich desserts. That can't be true. Following the reasoning that we spoke about before, some banquets involve champagne. Other banquets involve rich desserts. One or the other. Great. So, so some people are even realizing because they misread the question, they got the question wrong. So see, it's, it's a common mistake, something to be weary of. Try and read the questions as well as, well as you can. So, um, Oh my God, I just lost my entire train of thought. Oh my Lord, let's start this again. Which of the following cannot be true? All banquets involve soup. No, they don't. This is not even involved in the entire thing here. Easy one to cross out so my brain doesn't fry on the, the third time. I'm trying to run this all by myself is a, quite a lot. Okay, cool. Um, this is actually such a weirdly worded question now that I think about this. Which of the following can't be true? Ah. Here we go. This is what I need to, what I need to reiterate. Which of the can't be true. These are not the same as the ones before. We're not using the same fact situation in the sense that these are actually, let me rephrase that. These are not as all encompassing facts as some of the ones that we use in the Italian situation here with a lot of alls. We're dealing with sums. The fact that um, we're not also not mentioning these, any of these are facts. It's more just making assumptions about things that can or cannot exist based on the few stipulations they've put inside this world of ours. It could be true that all the banquets involve soup. No one's mentioned it. It's in the, within the realm of possibility that all the banquets could involve soup. They could all involve rice. They all involve a whole bunch of other things, but they're not, they're not listed on this particular set of parameters. It's not a statement about it, whether or not it's a fact. It's a statement about whether or not it's possible. So yes, we can have all the banquets involving soup. So yes possible. So that one can be true, therefore not what we're looking for. Okay. Some banquets involve soup, lobster, champagne, canapes, and rich desserts. Cool. Can this be true? Some of the banquets could involve soup. Yes, that's fine. That makes sense. We're all good with that. Some of them can involve lobster, because some of them involve lobster. Some of them can involve champagne over here. Uh, some of them can involve canapes over here. And then some banquets could involve rich desserts, which are over here. Now, this is the complication, right? Because we are working with some sums and others, and we're not working with these in terms of facts, the point that I was making earlier doesn't make as much sense. Then this is really important. If this was asking me what are facts, yes, soup is not mentioned anywhere in the statement, so we can assume that it's true. So that's fine. Yes, yeah, so we can assume the soup is. Not that it's true, that it's possible. The question is asking us what cannot be true. What is, you know, fully has to be a lie. There's no wrong possibility. This is what I, this is the next point that I need to make. The question above was talking about facts. That's different than considering what could be possible. 
just like we were talking about with the question up here, we have some of the singers, can, can some of the singers paint portraits? Very well possible, but it's not a fact based on the facts we have above here. That being said, if this question was not asking about facts, but asking about what could or could not be true, point three is actually valid. So the statement I was making earlier, before I reread this question properly, about other, meaning if some involve champagne, on the flip side, the others um, must involve the rich desserts, doesn't stand true because it's possible for there to potentially be some crossover. It's possible. Because we're not working with this in terms of like, these are strict facts. These are kind of somewhat wiggly wobbly parameters that we can work around, not like the question above. Does that make sense? It's quite an important distinction to make because the facts ones we're working with really hard, strict parameters. If it doesn't say it, it's not a thing. This one, we're working with a little bit more freedom in potentially considering what can exist. The hard and, hard and fast is coming with what we can say doesn't exist or what is not possible. Does that make sense? This is quite an important distinction to make with this logical reasoning. Slight differences in wording, but significant differences. Cool. So that means that D does make sense. Facts-wise, it wouldn't. But in terms of this, it does make sense because it could be true. So it's not going to like, work for this question it's asking us what cannot be true. So we can strike through this one as well. We love cutting them down. Okay. Some banquets involve neither champagne nor rich desserts. Same sort of reasoning here. The same for D is really the same for A. The only difference is that D has more words in it, but the real way we're mushing everything together, like trying to figure it out is um, on D is the whole canapes and rich desserts, sorry, canapes, champagne and rich desserts thing. That's the like the contentious point because of the some and other. So the same reasoning for D is exactly the same reasoning for A, it just has less words and like has a neither, but it's pretty much the same thing. Okay. Um, but D mentions and, so would that make a difference? Um, yes. So in this case, it doesn't make a difference in the sense that we're looking at, if we go back to the wording here, some banquets involve champagne, other banquets involve rich desserts. Because we're not working with straight facts, we're working with like like I said, wibbly wobbly rules, which we can determine they're wibbly wobbly based on the type of question. Other doesn't mean the flip side like it would if we're thinking about facts. They're not hard and fast. They're just telling you some things that exist in this world. They didn't say all the other, that would be quite specific, other banquets. So really they could have changed that other to some. Some banquets involve champagne, some banquets involve rich desserts. That's really the wording that we're working with here if we want to be um, a bit more airy-fairy with it. The other is just kind of saying that like given that the other banquets exist, they have they also involve rich desserts, that they have rich desserts, it doesn't mean they don't have champagne. They haven't said the other ones in context of the champagne banquets. It could be before that sentence, it could be after that sentence, it could be other banquets involve rich desserts, a few banquets involve lobster, other banquets involve rich desserts. The order isn't as much of a deal here as it would be maybe in this facts type question. So that's why D doesn't make sense. And that's why A doesn't make sense. Now, C is the only answer left. This was quite a complicated question, but it's important to get these right. So C is the only one that makes sense because some banquets, uh, the question being, statement being some banquets do not involve lobster, champagne, canapes, or rich desserts. That doesn't really make any sense based on the 
um, the statements that we have here. And really simply put, rather than going through all the other ones, all the banquets involve canapes. So this, there can't be a single one that doesn't have canapes. That's the only all-encompassing statement. All the other ones are, like I said, wibbly wobbly. This is the only all-encompassing statement. And really, if you had gone, like I said, I'm going deduct, like going backwards, all the ones that are wrong to the right one. If you went trying to find the right one first, that would be super quick to find just by going, well, this says you cannot have canapes, and this is all banquets involve canapes, two seconds and done. So there is two ways of going about it. But also, even if you are doing that super quick way, when you're studying, try and do the other way so you can see what is wrong and why it's wrong and reason as to why it's wrong, because not all these questions will be this simple. This was complicated. Maybe it was so, maybe other people found it super easy, and I just was like, my brain was broken. How did people go with this? Does this make sense? Cool, makes sense. Great. Move on to the next question. Any questions, send me a message and we'll try and go through them. The quicker you send me the message, the time we can actually spend through it. Otherwise, I will just move on to the next question. Okay. Moving on to question number three. You're reading a little bit of text above question number three here for your question, two minutes starting now. Oh, that's the end of that time. Okay, now we're going to try the poll here. Hopefully this is working now. Ooh, D has really taken the lead here. Interesting. A and B are neck and neck. Okay. We've got some C's in the game as well. 
most people have answered. Cool, great. I'm gonna end the poll there. So as you can see, most people said D. Some people said A, some people said B, some people said C. We'll work our way from top down to see why, we'll see which one is the right answer first and foremost. Cool, stop sharing, great. The recent proliferation of book reviews that has been exposed as being ha as having been written by friends of the authors concerned of the authors concerned serves to bolster the contention that the literary profession is unwilling to reform its low moral standards. Even bankers have tried to approve, improve their practices in recent years. So, the above argument rests on the assumption that a it is more difficult for bankers to reform than for the literary than for the literary than for the literary profession. Some people said A. Does anyone want to give me a reason why they said A? What was their, what was their evidence for that? You can put in the chat, you can put your hand up in chat, you can put your hand up and say something or any way, means way to, yeah, any way you want to do that. Does anyone who said A want to give me a reason for why they said it was more difficult for bankers to reform than for the literary profession? No one, no one wants to tell me why A would have been an answer. Okay, the writer is using the comparison to banking as an argument, maybe due to the word even. Okay, yeah, I can see how you've gotten that. The, and that's actually not entirely wrong. The key word that we're looking for here in the question is this, rests. The above argument rests on the assumption that A, B, C, or D. The final line of this paragraph is part, is an assumption that is in this piece, that's not wrong, but it's not what the entire argument of that above paragraph rests on. It's kind of just a means of bolstering the argument. It is not the foundational issue that they are arguing, if that makes sense. By saying it is more difficult for bankers to reform in the literary profession, this entire paragraph would have to be speaking about that relationship, not just that final line, because that means that we're not looking at resting, but more like an extra added point at the end to make it, you know, particularly connected to the person who's reading this. So that's why A doesn't make, isn't the right answer. It doesn't, it's not that it doesn't make sense. It's valid. It's actually one of the ones I'm expecting you to Gap often do this thing where they're expecting you to read maybe too quickly or see something that is like a, a bit of a red herring. I would almost I would say that A is probably the red herring in this case. It's not entirely wrong, but it's not right. It's partially correct, but there's a bit there, that keyword rests that makes A wrong. So close with A, but not quite. So let's um actually remove A. B. Anyone that picked B, do you want to tell me why B was the answer you picked? What was so what was good about B? What was drawing you to B? Authors' friends are incapable of writing eloquent book reviews. Okay, all cool. So B doesn't work because B doesn't really make sense in the grand scheme of the paragraph. 
they've spoken about low moral standards, but it's not about the in like the, the lack of eloquence of these friends writing these book reviews. So that's why just B doesn't make sense. Fairly simple on that one. Cool. Um, the inaccuracy of friends' reviews is an insoluble problem. Look, it's not so much about the inaccuracy because they're not speaking about that. I don't know whether or not that's the main issue here, but more along the lines of um, D, which is talking about whether or not this practice can be reformed. Inherently, this whole paragraph is also assuming that to have a book review done by your best friend or by your friend when you're an author, it's assuming that's bad. I can see why it's bad, but it is an assumption, but it's also assuming that can change. Hence why D is the correct answer, but C isn't really making any sense, particularly this idea of unsolvable, which basically means like not solvable. They're not the same word. It's not unsolvable. Unsolvable is different, but they're similar in that sense. Like it's not really fixable. They are saying that it can be, it's just like they're not willing to. So that's why D makes sense. The phenomenon of reviews by friends is a practice that can be reformed. Great. Does that make sense to people with the number three? That's all good. I'm going to assume yes. Great. Wonderful. I've also noticed that people seem to be doing pretty well with these. I'm actually going to cut down your time by 30 seconds. So one minute and a half, which is a little bit less than the time you actually meant to get in the real exam. You meant to get like 1.6, but better to be good and like better to be faster at 1.5 and then give yourself some time to go back over your questions. One tip I can give you in terms of studying in general, don't try and do the 1.6 to the dot because you're gonna, that means you're gonna be finishing your exam exactly as the bell, like the thing goes off. Focus on trying to get a little bit faster than the given time so you can actually have some time to some leeway and things go wrong. Cool, let's move on to question number four. Give you a minute and a half on that one. Let me get my little timer out. Okay, question number four. Your minute and a half starts now. How many of you are done? Everyone's still going? Cool, okay, well, pretty much timer's done anyway, so that works out perfectly. But it might even seem that one minute 30 might be too much for some of these questions. That's really good. Okay, so um, for the previous question, the answer was D, yeah. Three, the answer was D. I can have that in green to make that a bit easier for reference. But yes. Okay, let me launch the little poll for this particular question. 
and we'll go from there. I'm gonna start running through these a bit faster because it looks like we are getting these fairly easily. So I'm very happy about that. It means that we're understanding what's going on. Anyone else want to answer? There's a couple that haven't answered. Okay. Cool, I'm gonna leave it at that. The vast majority of you said B. Like the vast majority of you said B. A few said C and a few said D, but the vast majority did say B. And B is the correct answer. So you can see that there. Vast majority said B, some said C, some said D. This one's fairly simple in the sense that, oh, well, not simple. It's simple and not simple. It's a deceivingly simple. The word required is what they're expecting you to mix up. Understanding that required is not the same thing as guarantee, it's just needed for, is the key thing they're expecting you to miss. That's why B, when you realize that required doesn't mean that it's going to happen, right? In order for you to be a doctor, right? Uh, it is required that you have uh, an MD, right? Now, you might be like, that's a horrible example. No, it's not. Um, my teacher, my favorite teacher is a pathologist and he grew up in Tasmania. When he was in Tasmania as a young boy, there was a doctor who was so amazing and everyone loved him. He didn't have a medical degree, but he had been like serving that community and doing surgeries and stuff for years. They just only realized like way later when they were trying to like give him some award, they technically didn't have an MD. So they gave him one anyway, because he'd already been doing all the work. I think he came from the war or whatever. So that's a good example of the fact that while it is required <laughs> that you are, become a doctor with your MD and you become a doctor with an MD, it doesn't guarantee that you also become a doctor. Some people without MD could become a doctor, technically speaking, or if you have like an MBBS or whatever, or uh, if you have an MD, doesn't mean you're going to become a doctor. You become a business person or a lawyer or whatever. Guaranteed and required are not the same thing. This is one of the things that GAMSAT will do to you in section one, really making you take the dictionary definition, the Oxford Dictionary, Cambridge Dictionary definition of a word, and really getting you on that small difference. And that's what's happening here. So that's why B is the right answer. Does that make sense? We're all good on that one? Easy as. Moving on to the next one. We'll do one and a half minutes again. Hopefully that time was good for people. Did that work? One and a half minutes? Cool. I will set my timer again. Okay, one and a half minutes starting now.
Cool, question seven, uh, question seven, question five done. Launching the poll. How did we go with this one? Was timing okay with this one? Did we all get done? Good, thank you. Okay, majority's given B, but some people are saying A, okay. I have a feeling that someone just keeps on picking D so they can, <laughs> so they could just get through the answers, but maybe that's just my conspiracy theory. Um, mostly D, B. Okay, most people have answered, so we'll go with that. I'm gonna leave that now and poll. So as you can see, most people did say B. Most people said B. Let's see how that works. Do, 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 do. Um, close that, great. In ancient Egypt, people were often depicted with their cats. In ancient Greece, people were often depicted with their dogs. In both of these societies, people placed high value on animals. In ancient China, people were often depicted with their tea sets. Thus, we should conclude that people in ancient China placed a, placed a high value on drinking tea. The above argument rests on the assumption that A, only certain objects were considered respectable in ancient societies. That was wrong. Why was that wrong? Someone tell me why that was wrong. A lot of people picked B. Why was A wrong? Let's see if the reasoning is, is tracking. You can't just pick B and hope for the best. You also need to know why A, C, and D was wrong if you picked B. You can message me privately if you want to so know see your answer. That's also an option. They don't say there's no suggestion in the above text. Okay. It's at, is it out of the scope? Yeah, those are all valid. Great. Um, there is a, and also with these, consider the fact that, like I said earlier, Gamzat is sometimes trying to trick you, or like not trick you per se, but more expecting you not to do the work in the question. So they're going to make slight little changes and stuff. They've spoken about like having things they value highly. That is the assumption they're trying to assume that they want you to make that the high value and respectable are the same thing. So it is out of scope in the sense that because they're depicted with their dogs, they value them highly, doesn't mean there's anything else in the world they don't value highly. The key thing there. So A doesn't work. What about C? Why doesn't C work? Why is C wrong? According to the all the people that picked B. Technology is used in producing images did not change over the course of history. Actually, I'm not gonna even bother asking. Yeah, there's no evidence, it's just a bit silly. I guess, yeah, there's no evidence about talking about this picture. So that's, that one just doesn't make any sense. At least with the A, there was a, an ability to make a, a false connection, a conflation. C just literally makes no sense. Um, and then D, animal value can be deduced from social status. Why doesn't that one make sense? Actually, here's a more interesting question. Where do you think they're expecting you to make a false connection? Because remember, in GAMSAP, we're not doing A is wrong and B is correct and that's it. It's item response theory, right? So some of these questions are still going to give you points in the grand scheme of things, but they're not going to give you the most points as the correct answer. So like, for instance, if we think about it very, 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 very simply, C might be the one that gives you zero. Maybe, you know, A gives you two, D gives you three and then B gives you your four. So think, remember, like consider what they're trying to get at for you. And keep in mind, I just gave you the most simple generic explanation of item response theory, it's far more complicated than that, just as a heads up. Um, 
So there's, there's no mention of social status. Okay. But what might be the thing that they're conflating? What's the, what are they expecting you to make a mistake on? This is going to be that self-awareness. What are they expecting you to make a mistake on to pick D? Someone said animal value. What about animal value? Quick reading and choosing the answer. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. To put it simply, what they're expecting to see here is that they're expecting you to kind of go, these people are taking photos with their um, photos of these animals and they are therefore of high value. They're expecting you to have read high value and someone taking photos and think a rich person taking a photo with their dog. That's why. That some cultures valued one thing and some cultures valued something else. Yeah, long story short, that as long, along with the idea of high value, meaning that someone is like rich or whatever, rather than just thinking that maybe a poor person's taking a photo as well. So that's why D is they're expecting you to make that mistake. So you'd pick D, but you don't make that mistake because you guys are good. B is the right answer. Surviving images are a reasonable guide for social hierarchies. Great. Now we're gonna move into this next one. Um, I think what I'm gonna do is just read out the question. And then by the time I finish reading out the question, I'm gonna give you a couple of seconds and then we're gonna go answer. Let's see if that works as well, because let's try and get through these questions as much as we can. Okay, newspapers world have reported a worldwide fall in the price of crude oil over the past six months. However, when Nick went to fill his car up after a six month holiday abroad, he noticed that the price at the petrol pump is equivalent to what he recalled when he left the country. Thus, it is reasonable to conclude that the leading petrol companies are acting as a cartel to manipulate the price of petrol available to drivers. Which of the following is not a necessary assumption in the argument above? Again, which of the following is not a necessary assumption in the above argument? A, Nigel's memory is accurate and reliable. B, leading petrol companies act differently from other companies. C, the price of crude oil affects the cost of producing oil. Or D, leading petrol companies are capable of coordinating their policies. I'll give you like five seconds to pick your answer. Just put it in the chat because I'm Board of the polls now, they're very much annoying. A, B, C, or D, what do we think it is? Okay. Remember, which of the following, and I'm not saying this is wrong, I'm just saying the question again, because we had that issue before. Which of the following is not a necessary assumption in the above argument? Okay, we've got pretty much almost one for all of them. Okay, B, we've got a lot more Bs coming through. B, B, B. All right, cool. I'm gonna assume that most people think B. B is correct because, long story short, A, it doesn't, oh, A is a necessary assumption because this is not, this is bad reasoning. Just keep that in mind. This whole paragraph is bad reasoning. That's the point. They're hoping, that you are going to get like bogged down. In fact, this doesn't make any sense in terms of like the logic. Um, it's a kind of conspiracy theory type logicking that you're not going to read the question probably properly. Remember, if the text says the sky is green and the answer is asking you what color, the question is asking you what color the sky is, you say green, even if you know it's blue. Whatever that little bit says above, that's going to be your truth that you're going to be basing all your questions off of. So in this case, assuming that this is now logical reasoning, 
we would have to hope that not Nick's um, memory is good enough that he'll be able to remember the number before he went on a six month holiday for this to make any sense. Because technically speaking, if he mixed it up and like thought that it was the same, but actually it was higher or lower, whatever it was, this entire argument, as weak as it is, falls apart. So A doesn't make sense. C, the price of crude oil affects the cost of producing petrols. That's important as well, because we're talking about this idea of the price in crude oil changing, falling in over the last six months, but the price is changing, meaning that the cartels, despite the fact that it's cheaper for them to make the oil, uh, making the petrol, are still making the petrol expensive. So that's important for that argument. And finally, D, leading companies are, leading petrol companies are capable of coordinating their policies, simple. How can you manipulate if you, like all over the world? If you are not unable, if you are unable to coordinate your policy. So finally, B is the right answer because it's not a necessary assumption for us to have this argument above. Does that make sense? That's kind of a quick run through. It all makes sense. People understand why B is the right answer and all the other ones are wrong. Amazing. Right. Did that system work? I know it was a bit quicker, but it might help us run through these quicker. I read through these, give you a couple seconds to answer. Is that okay? Or do you prefer the time situation? Cool. We'll go with the first one. Cool. All people who eat out, actually, let me just, um, let me just actually read this properly and slowly so you can read this properly. Cool. All people who eat out have to leave at least a 10% tip if they want to avoid angry waiters insulting them as they leave. This is in addition to the prices of the food and drinks involved in the meals themselves, which these days are often exceed $100 per person per meal. It is unreasonable for a restaurant to charge more, more for the food and drinks involved in a meal than $20 in excess of the price of, Mc, of a McDonald's medium meal, which is always less than $10. And any tip that exceeds $30 in value can be considered unreasonable as well. I'm going to reread that again because that was a lot of numbers. All people who eat out have to leave at least a 10% tip if they want to avoid angry waiters insulting them as they leave. This is in addition to the prices of the food and drinks involved in the meals themselves which these days often exceed $100 per person per meal. It is unreasonable for a restaurant to charge more for the food and drinks involved in a meal than $20 in X of the price of a McDonald's medium meal, which is always less than $10. And any tip that exceeds $30 in value can be considered unreasonable as well. So which of the following cannot be true? Again, which of the following cannot be true? A, no McDonald's meals reach the unreasonable price levels found in other restaurants. B, most people who eat out leave tips that are greater than $20 in value. C, people who pay unreasonable prices can leave tips less than a gold coin, $1 or $2 in value, without being insulted as they leave. C, tips greater than $20 in value have become common at McDonald's. Okay, a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds there to answer that question. Put your answers in that chat. Seeing C's. Cool, a lot of C's and that is correct. I'm not gonna do all the reason why the other ones are wrong because it is getting late. Simply put, if 10% is the thing that you need to avoid angry waiters and most meals these days are exceeding $100 a person, that means that most meals are exceeding um, $10, like exceeding $10 as a tip. So one or $2, that's 1%, maybe 2% of your $100 per meal. So inherently it doesn't make any sense. So that cannot be true. 
in the grand scheme of things. There's other reasoning as to why the other ones are incorrect, but I'm keeping this simple because it's late. So that's why C makes sense. We're all good on number seven. Thumbs up, yeses. So we can move on to the next thing. Great, amazing. Moving to the next question. Question number eight, CEO. We recently ran a set of ads in a travel magazine distributed on planes in a flight, oh, on planes in flight and on that magazine's website. We weren't able to get any direct information about consumer response to the ads found in the in-flight magazine. However, we found that consumer response to the ads on the website was much more limited than it than is for typical website ads. We concluded that the consumer response to the in-flight magazines was probably below the expected level as well. We recently ran a set of ads in a travel magazine distributed on planes in flight and on that magazine's website. We weren't able to get any direct information about the consumer response to the ads found in the in-flight magazine. However, we found the consumer response to the ads on the website was much more limited than is typical for website ads. We concluded that the consumer response in the in-flight magazine ads was probably below expected levels as well. The CEO's reasoning does which of the following? A, base a prediction about something on information on its cause. B, make generalizations on the basis of research into frequently occurring events. C, make a prediction about the future on the basis of the past. Use evidence to inform speculation about a similar case. A, B, C, or D, what are we going for? D, D, D. So we're going for D, D, D. We only have two more questions in the set, so that's good. D, 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 yes, the answer is D. Again, fairly simple in this case. There's no prediction being made um, in terms of uh, information. There's no information about it. It's not using previous information. So it's not a bad basis of the past situation. It's not making generalization. It's literally just using, he's speculating about something that might be similar. That's it. But it's a different medium. It's the same magazine though. That's the thing. That's why it's still D. Similar in the fact that it's the same magazine from the same company, just on a plane versus on the, like, the websites. So for all intents and purposes, it's a similar case. Yeah. Cool. Now, there is a, there's a um, typo in this one. This should say the wise ancient Greeks, not the knowledgeable, just as a heads up. So the wise ancient Greeks were well aware of the danger that drama performances can cause social unrest. This makes it all the more striking that they were such fans of putting on large scale theatrical festivals. Which of the following is true? So which of the following, if true, contributes most to an explanation of the reasoning above? Wise people in Greece were often lacking in social voice. B, the Greeks believed that large-scale theatrical performance upset the gods. C, contemporary Greek people have produced sophisticated models of social development. D, the publication of plays in printed form played a significant role in the ancient Greek economy. Which of the following, if true, contributes most to an explanation of the reasoning above? We've got one A, 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 A. Okay, we're quite, we're quite unanimous on A's. And the answer is A. Um, I feel like I maybe gave you a bit of a hint there by saying there was a um, typo, but yes, A is the one that is correct. Um, there's no mention of gods. Social unrest usually refers to people. So B isn't really a thing. C, contemporary Greek people have produced sophisticated models of social development. I don't know. That's, that's just assumptions. That's not really based on what we're talking about here. It's not producing an explanation of that. Um, a lot of assumptions internally. 
Uh, and then finally, D, the publication of plays. Again, that whole last one doesn't make any sense in what we're talking about here. It's kind of just making assumptions that don't really fit into anything. It's kind of like a pick an answer and hope for the best. A is correct. Does that make sense? We're all good with A? You all pick A, so that's great. <sighs> okay, question 10. Nosh doesn't like coconut. All people who don't like coconut live in Venezuela. Nosh lives in Venezuela. This is a throwback to that very first type of question. A bit different though. The above argument can be characterized as A, valid deductive reasoning, B, sound deductive reasoning, C, misguided inductive reasoning, or D, invalid deductive reasoning. There's only one right answer. However, if you pick one of the other ones that is semi-correct, I'll let you go with that one because the, some of the wording is a bit confusing for people. Okay, okay. A and C seem to be the two ones that are popping up. Okay, so. Let's remember our reasoning from that first Italian one. Nosh doesn't like coconut. All people, so that's an all-encompassing fact, term, whatever. All people who live who don't like coconut live in Venezuela, right? In this case, because all the people don't who don't like coconut live in Venezuela, Nosh has to live in Venezuela because Nosh does not like coconut. That's the argument. So that's actually a valid argument. So D and C are out of the question because it is actually correct reasoning. It's not realistic reasoning. Like it's not as if that happens in the real world. But like I said, we assume this is fact. <laughs> we assume this is just telling the truth. And this is the way this world works. For some reason, everyone who doesn't like coconut lives in Venezuela in this world. So we assume that. That means that B, A and B are our two possible answers here. Now, who wants to tell me the difference between valid and sound? Is the sound in B subjective? Okay. Does anyone have any other theories? I'm not saying it's wrong. I just want to hear other theories as to what the difference between valid and sound is. Um, valid is more confirmative. Valid is stronger than sound. Cool. Yeah. So essentially, um, yes. Um, valid is a little, it's, it is a bit more subjective. It's kind of saying like um, a little like oh no that like tracks. I see that. This is just quite simple, and just to the point, there is no means of going, oh, I can see where you got that. There are possible ways of going about that. I, um, I think it was Samal that might've said it Some, somehow. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. B, it does sound more subjective. Valid is the way to go with that. Um, there's a question here, but it doesn't say all people who live in Venezuela don't like coconut. It is all people who don't like coconut live in Venezuela. Okay, and that's really good that you picked it up. Notice the order of the sentences, right? It didn't say all people who don't like coconut live in Venezuela. Nosh doesn't like coconut. Nosh doesn't Venezuela. The point that you're saying here is it doesn't say that all people who live in Venezuela don't like coconut. They didn't say that at all, right? That's valid. They didn't say that. What they've said here is that everyone who doesn't like coconut lives in Venezuela. Not that everyone in Venezuela does not like coconut. Think of it as um, premise A, Nosh doesn't like coconut. Actually, highlight that better. Premise A, Nosh doesn't like coconut. Premise B, all people in Ven all people who don't like coconut live in Venezuela. 
Conclusion, therefore, Nosh must live in Venezuela. So it's not about saying every person, remember, it doesn't flip. Just like we said, all the singers are Italian doesn't mean that all Italians are singers. They didn't bring us any sort of information about whether or not people in Venezuela, all people in Venezuela don't like coconut. They've just told that every single person that does not like coconut lives in Venezuela. There'll be more people that like coconut that also live in Venezuela, but not the point in this conversation. Yeah, it's quite specific to Nosh and also quite, quite specific to people who don't like coconut. It's not specific to Venezuela, I guess, is the, the key issue there. Does that make sense? Cool, amazing. Okay, so technically speaking, we've done the big 10 questions. I know for people on the East Coast, it's kind of late. Um, so I'm gonna go through inductive and deductive reasoning and then feel free to go. Feel free to go sleep, have a good night. There are some more questions if people wanna stay. If not that many will stay behind, we're probably not gonna go through them. I'm sorry, A was correct. A was correct. I will get, oh, I don't know if we can, I can send you the document. Okay, if you would like the document, I will send you my email address. Email me and I will send you the document if I'm allowed to. If not, I guess you don't want it or I can't send it to you. So I'm sending you that now in the chat. Um, oh, yes, there we go. We can chat. That's my email address. If you would like the document, email me so I can send it back to you just so I have to double check that I can send this document. It's not one of our like special fancy documents. Um, anyway, let's go through deductive versus inductive reasoning, because I thought this was quite interesting. So let me stop this share. And then you guys can go to bed. I think you guys should go to bed. It's so dark in my house that my hat is disappearing into the darkness. It's, it's getting problematic at this point. It's, that's how late it is. Okay, I'm going to share my screen again and show you some cool little pictures that I found. So this is inductive versus deductive reasoning. Deductive reasoning uses an existing theory to formulate a hypothesis. You collect data, analyze data, and try to reject or don't reject your hypothesis. Um, this, in, I guess in this case, um, all people who don't like coconut live in Venezuela would be our existing theory. That helps us formulate our hypothesis. The collection of data is realizing that Nosh does not like coconut. We then use that data to help us reject the hypothesis or um, not reject the hypothesis, not accept or reject the hypothesis. hypothesis. Does that make sense? So that conclusion of Nosh living in Venezuela is that whole process. But we have a theory and we're just using, we're putting our data to the theory that it really exists. The, oh, this is, oh, sorry. I'm just talking to myself. I do that a lot. Hold on, let me do that. Stop share. Um, where did it go? Share screen. Okay, can you see that now? Is that clear? Wonderful. Okay, so sorry, let me start again. Deductive reasoning, existing theory, hypothesis, data, data, accept or reject. That's what we did with the whole NOSH situation. There was an existing theory and we're applying the data that we have to the theory that exists. The theory about people don't want liking coconut living in Venezuela, someone formulated the hypothesis, amazing. We're applying the point about NOSH not liking coconut to that theory, the hypothesis. The Italian's question was the same thing. We have some facts, we're applying it back to the facts. Inductive reasoning is looking more like pattern recognition and the general conclusions. So if we look at that um, paragraph that's about like uh, the cats and the dogs and the Chinese, ancient Chinese people um, sitting with their tea sets, that's more inductive reasoning. 
um, it's, I guess it's a little bit of both, but we lose it as our pattern recognition. We're realizing that people take photos with things they care about. We're seeing that some people take photos with pets, some people take photos with, um, so actually a lot of people take photos with pets. That's the pattern, that's the general conclusion. People like their pets. Then it turns into deductive reasoning because then we're applying a theory about the people taking photos with things that they care about and seeing that, okay, if they take photos with cats and dogs and people take photos with tea sets, then people can care about different things, kind of working it in that way. More, think of it, this is uh, bottom up, top down for deductive. Bottom up for inductive, bottom down. Examples, quickly. Um, all biological life for deductive reasoning depends on water to exist. All land mammals depend on water to exist. Study all land animal species, see if they depend on water, find that they do, and then you, uh, your null hypothesis does not get rejected. Because remember your hypothesis was here. If all biological life depends on water, then land mammals being biological. <laughs> Where would this? Someone want to put their mic on and ask question? That's deductive reasoning and then inductive reasoning. And don't, I feel like it's time for us to go to bed at this point, we're all very tired. <sighs> Medication, A and B, both cause major side effects. Ooh, why do you do that? can ask a question? Okay. Um, pattern recognition, all observed cheap medications cause major side effects. General conclusion, cheap medications cause major side effects. Does, does, do these work for people? I can send these speakers in the chat if people would like them, just so you can have them in your head. But it's not, I wouldn't get too bogged down in this too deeply. Any questions in general before we end up for the night? Cool, I'll just download these to send to you guys. Any other questions? Anything important that people want to ask? Anything they need help with? Last minute, because I know it's late. I'm tired as well. It's been a long day. Thank you so much for every. No worries. All good. Feel free to email me with any questions as well. I'm sending the pictures in the chat right now. Give me two seconds. One, two, three. Send. Oh, hold on. Meeting group chat. Send. Cool. They're all sent to the meeting group chat. So if you want to download them, feel free. The questions are there. Other pictures are there if you're just loading. But yeah, I'll wait for them to load before I bounce. But um, even with any questions you have, I don't know how long this is going to take. Please be quick with downloading these. But yes. Can you access those pictures? Are they actually sent through yet? Or are they still taking 50 years? Not yet. They're still loading. OK, well, why is this taking the end of? Okay, if you want to go, feel free to email me. I'll send it to you directly with a dot of what's going on with these. It says it's sending and it's taking me a million years. I'll send my email. I've already sent my email in the chat, so feel free to use that. That's my email. I'll send it again in the chat for people to access if they don't have it already. Oh, this to everyone. Cool. Bye, guys. Have a nice night. Thanks for your help. Appreciate your time. No worries.